Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you so much for joining us as we continue our teaching on Beatitudes. Today we're going to look into Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, which says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And just to review what blessed means, uh, Pastor Trish is going to go into it. But if you really want to go deeper, when we started this teaching uh, with uh, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, we went much more deeper about what it means to be blessed. But Pastor Trish is just going to dive just a little bit and give us an overview overview on the word blessed. Right. For those who haven't listened to the previous Beatitudes or who are just jumping in and this is your first time with us, we welcome you. And the word Beatitudes is actually Latin for blessing. So it's not, this is not a list of attitudes that we should have as believers. This is not a how to get saved, but this, the Beatitudes are a description of the people of God who are being saved. And the word blessed throughout each of these verses, there's no verb in any of these verses. And so it stands out. Some, some commentaries say that it should say something to the effect of, oh, happy is the one who, or congratulations to, there is a, this is a manifesto that's being stated of the coming kingdom, that the kingdom is upside down and Jesus is ushering in a kingdom that's right side up. And he's saying, congratulations to the merciful for they will now be shown mercy. And it's there's a now and a not yet component to each of these. There's a piece of the now where these are in fulfillment now in this lifetime as, as we walk this earth. And then there's a piece that will be fulfilled ultimately in heaven, which is the part that's not yet, when we will see these beatitudes, these blessings be uh, brought to fruition in their mm-hmm. completion uh, when we are with Christ and the coming of his new kingdom uh, at the end of the age. Yeah, thank you. And um, we we started from the beginning that these Beatitudes are connected and they work together. And uh, as we were preparing this teaching, something that uh, I normally don't do not do, but I just kind of wanted to, I was interested in. So I just literally went on YouTube and typed out a sermon on this Beatitude of Blessed are the Merciful. And the first one that popped out was Charles Spurgeon. Which is a, a good one. It's a good yeah. one to, if you it's were a good to, one to start, I guess. find a needle in a haystack, you found a really good one. <laughs> this is the, I, and be honest, this is the first time I ever heard his sermon speak. I know he's a, a deep theologian. Um, but it's some, he said something simple at the beginning that I think we've been talking about it, but I feel like it needs to be pointed out. Uh, we've been talking about these Beatitudes and all those things and these Beatitudes are connected to having the Holy Spirit in us, to, to recognizing uh, that we are poor in spirit, to mourn about what's going on in this world and mourn our sinfulness and so on and so on. So we've been talking about that uh, these people who are blessed have the Holy Spirit and they work through the Holy Spirit to be connected closer to God. But he, he said something simple. He said, Beatitudes are not how you get saved. He said Beatitudes are, is who is saved. And when he said that, it kind of opened the eyes to that these Beatitudes are talking about the character of a person who has been sanctified. A person who has um, given their life to Christ. And 
through those steps, as we surrender ourselves and come before God, this is what this looks like. Right. So the moment we come to Christ, we are justified before Christ and we are imparted with his righteousness and salvation. But then begins the process of sanctification Mm -hmm. where we're being made into a new person. And these are the steps that first, as we come to Christ, we realize that we are lost apart from his Holy Spirit. And then we mourn and we grieve the sin that's in our lives and in the world around us. And the Holy Spirit comforts us. Uh, Then we find ourselves in a place of total and utter surrender that not our will, but his will be done and his kingdom come here on this earth. And then we hunger and thirst for righteousness, meaning that we want that intimate relationship with God. We want a right relationship with God and a right relationship with our brothers and sisters in this world because we know that everything, as we mentioned, is the kingdom is upside down and we need to help expand Christ's kingdom to make it right side up. And that brings us to today where we talk about the merciful, um, that the merciful will be shown mercy. And you cannot show mercy if you have are not filled, you can't be merciful if you have not been filled with mercy. Mm-hmm. So you have to have already received the mercy of Christ through salvation in order to be merciful. Um, and being merciful is a sign that you have received that salvation, that you are being sanctified and you are being transformed with your character from the inside out. Yeah. And, and that's one of the uh, characteristics that, that we as, as those who are saved, uh, that God's looking for them. In Matthew chapter 9, this is a beautiful image of when Jesus just called Matthew and he was like, all right, so I just called you, follow me, you know, cook dinner for me. We're going to eat at your house, right? So Jesus is having dinner at Matthew's house with other tax collectors. And uh, I like that in my Bible, it's quote unquote sinners uh, and things like that. And Pharisees come and they start judging him and everything else. And in verse 12, Jesus answers them. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. And I love this challenge. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He quotes Hosea 6, 6. That's, these Pharisees are very comfortable with something that they know very well. And he quotes that to them. And then he speaks, For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. So, so Jesus reminds us that mercy is a very important part of our sanctification and i think it's timely that it comes right after the beatitude on righteousness because what can happen is even on our christian journey on our journey to become made like christ we can start to resort to religious ritual and that's the same trap the same stumbling block the same stumbling stone that the jewish pharisees and sadducees and the religious leaders had tripped upon which was the legalism mm-hmm. and the religious ritual and he and so i think it's timely that it says that we hunger and thirst for righteousness but then we become merciful that merciful mercy takes us back to that first step that we are not saved through religious ritual we are not saved through righteous action it's not about how many times you go to church or how much you fast or how much you you know do this checklist um he says he says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, meaning not religious ritual. And he says, I have not come to call the righteous, again, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but it's not a self-righteousness. Mm, it's a righteousness yep. that comes from God and God alone. Absolutely. And in, in saying in Matthew, you know, even in the Sermon on the Mount, he says in, in chapter 5, uh, 
verse 20, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we're supposed to hunger and thirst for righteousness, but then this next beatitude reminds us, but I desire mercy. And it's, it's not that the last beatitude is not important, but that mercy surpasses this righteous ritual, um, the religious legalism that we can become so entrapped in. And it reminds us that we, we're supposed to, he desires mercy above sacrifice, mercy upon ourselves and upon the people around us above the religious ritual. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big reminder. That's something that Jesus preached through his, his whole time of ministry is that the outside must match the inside. That's I think that's the biggest thing was that the reason he said the the verse that you just talked about that you need to have the righteousness of a Pharisee is that on the outside they had it down they loved the the law they loved all six hundred thirteen commandments you know and they try to follow their best way possible and everything else but their heart there was no mercy there was no nothing there was. You know, Jesus was performing all these miracles, healing people, and they're like, oh, you broke the Sabbath. Right. That just heals Which is somebody. the other time he uses that same verse in Matthew. Matthew chapter 12. He says again, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So this is actually a theme within the book of Matthew. Where, what's happening in the... In this text, he they, they break the Sabbath by eating grain because his disciples were hungry. And he also, in the same story, he heals the man with the shriveled hand. Okay, that's what And so they, they get upset because they broke the Sabbath rules um, that they were meant to be. The Sabbath was a day of rest. And instead, they, they worked by taking grain and they also healed someone who was sick. And he says, um, someone who is greater than the temple is here. This is uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse six and seven. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. And then verse 8 finishes with this, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So he's putting these things in its place. And in in the other place it says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, So in other words, that there's, there's a place for righteousness. There's a place for religious practice Mm -hmm. um, that our faith without works is dead. And so we should be doing certain things. Prayer is important. Fellowship with church is important. Fasting, all of these things, tithing, Mm -hmm. these, the disciplines, disciplines are important, Mm -hmm. but they, they again are meaningless if they don't come from the heart. Yeah. If we lose the, the meaning of the law and we put the law over the greater attributes of the fruit of the spirit, which was our last series, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These things are, are precedent above religious legalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So the first thing we learn out of this beatitude is what mercy is not, which is that it's not religious ritual. Yep. And that kind of moves on to the next thing of merciness. Mercy is, is that, uh, forgiveness and not judgment. Like I think that's a big Absolutely. one. Matthew chapter seven starts off with "Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you." And that comes right after when he teaches about the Our Father. Many people can recite the Our Father, but in within it, he says, "Forgive us our debt, as we forgive our debtors." 
And at the end of the Our Father, he says, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And these two bookends, judgment and forgiveness, mm -hmm. show that, that mercy is this attitude of the heart that we need to, and we forget that we, we want God's mercy for us, but we don't want to display his mercy. And he's, he makes it very clear, if you don't display mercy, then I will withhold my mercy from you. That, that he, with the measure we use is the measure that God will use towards us. So if we withhold judgment and if we are abundantly forgiving, then he will abundantly forgive and extend his grace towards us when we need it most. Which takes us to the story of the wicked sermon. Yeah. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read through the story, which I love that it comes um, the, of the wicked sermon, which comes right after Peter asked how many times you should forgive your brother, which is to me is just funny because Andrew was just probably was standing right there next to him, his as, brother, his brother, as he, as he for as Jesus, and he was like looking at him like how many more times I have to forgive you, uh, but so there's this already uh, theme of forgiveness in Matthew 18, and here uh, here uh, Jesus tells a story, verse. Chapter 18, verse 23, start. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell to his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of, your, of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have the mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. This is such a powerful story, especially connecting that to the beatitude of mercy and the beginning and the end, right? Be merciful and you will be shown mercy. But the way we, the way we started this is saying that the, the reason we can be merciful is the beginning part, that we've been saved. We've received mercy. We've received mercy. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory. For the wages of sin is death. This is where we were. And We've entered the knowledge that we know that we had a multitude of sins, but mm -hmm. God's love has washed it clean. Just like the servant in this parable knew that he owed millions of dollars mm -hmm. and that, that, that debt was wiped clean. He was fully aware of, of how f like short he fell and how much grace he was given, and yet he did not go and extend that same grace likewise to his brother. Yeah, and that, that really needs to open our eyes how this how this uh, story ends. The story ends that because he did not show mercy, he, did not, uh, he was not shown mercy at the end because he didn't deserve mercy. The way 
He never deserved mercy. He, he ch- because he cheapened the mercy that he received in the right. first place. He thought, he was like, oh, I got away with it. Instead of, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean. Well, and he had been forgiven much. And yet he held, just for a few dollars, he held his brother in contempt. Yeah. And this is what we do, is that we, we want God to be merciful to us for our multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. For the times that we lie, cheat, steal, gossip, lust, all these things mm-hmm. that we're so guilty of. And yet when someone wrongs us, we want to hold them hostage and unforgiveness because we feel that we were entitled to something that they did not do, that they did wrong by us, that they maybe talked behind our back or they did something. When we, we easily forget the multitude of times that, that God forgave us for having done the same, if not worse. Yeah, and this really needs to remind us that there will be a time where we're, 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 we're going to come before God as our judge. And he, we will be judged by every word that came out of our mouth. Every action will become our mouth. What's going to happen when that second judgment comes? Right. Where will we be? Right. Because with the measure you use, it will be used to you. So if your measurement is grace mm-hmm. and mercy mm-hmm. and forgiveness, then you will be given grace and mercy and forgiveness. But if you demand justice and you feel that you're entitled to mm-hmm. things going a certain way for you, then that's the measure that will be used to you. And that's a really sobering reality of the ultimate standing before the judgment. Will we stand before the throne of grace or will, will, will we get the justice that we so desperately demanded? But and deserve. We, and deserve. But realistically, we, we don't need justice. We want grace. Yeah, and we need, we need to remember um, we don't deserve it. We don't, we've done nothing. It's, it's all a gift from God. Right, and so the people we forgive may not deserve it, but we should forgive them anyway. Yeah, so how do we want to... 77 times 7. <laughs> how do we want to be judged at the end? How, how does that going to look like? That is, that is a very powerful thing. Again, Matthew, Matthew 7... It it talks about that. Matthew 7 says that you will be judged according. Let me just quote it. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. How do you feel like, let's reflect. I pray that you guys will reflect after this sermon to listen to this. How have I shown mercy to others? How's that going to compare to when I come before the Lord? Which brings us to the last point. Because first we realize that mercy is not, uh, it's not religious ritual. And second, it's an attitude of our heart that it's, it's non-judgment. It's that if, we're, if we are merciful and forgiving towards others, God will be merciful and forgiving towards us. But then lastly, there's mercy that's actually in action, the, the visible activity of being merciful. And this comes from Matthew 25. We've pretty much just could have parked in Matthew for all of mm-hmm. today's sermon. But Jesus tells the illustration again of the judgment seat when uh, this is Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate one people from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats to his left. He will say, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick 
and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? When did we see you like this? And, and he responds, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And that's in verse 40. And then he goes on to say the opposite to those who are on his left. But the point is, is that when we're talking about those who show mercy will be given mercy. And they actually have acts of mercy. They didn't, there's no judgment here about the person. Well, was the person who was in prison, were they wrongfully in prison? Did they deserve a visit? This, these things are not, it's just, it, I was in prison and you visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you know, and I was, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. There's no whether or not you were grateful for it or whether or not you deserved this. It's, it's mercy. Just as the mercy we, re we receive is undeserved, that we're unworthy of it, so are the recipients of mercy that we show. It, it, it's, we don't do it because they deserve it. We do it because we've been commanded to. Yeah, and again, just like we have received mercy, we were naked and he closed us. We were hungry and he has fed us. We were sick and he, his spirit came upon us. He has done all these things for us. Right. We were in prison and bondage to sin. Exactly. He has done all these for us. So when we do this, again, let's, let's go back to our first point. This is not a religious um, checklist. checklist. Don't be sitting here. It's like, all right, well, hunger and thirst. All right, I got to do a homeless ministry. And then... Uh, need to visit, okay, visiting ministry, Hospital whatever. chaplaincy, well, prison ministry. ministry. Exactly, right. All of a sudden, don't do a checkoff thing. This needs to come out of just abundance of your heart. Again, we, we started off that this is the characteristics of somebody who's been saved. This is the characteristics of somebody who's being sanctified, right? This is something that you do out of the outpouring of your heart. Because you finally realize that this is what God has done for you. So and you do it with joy. Do it with joy because you understand that at the end of, at the end of time, God is going to be right there with you. God is going to be the one who judges you. We all, all, if we don't have this desire, you should have desire to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And what is the well done? That we were merciful, just oh. as he is merciful. Which is Luke six thirty six. Be mm -hmm. merciful, as he is merciful. Mm -hmm. So I, I pray that you would, uh, that you were challenged by this word, and you that you would reflect on this word. That you I pray that someone is put on your heart, uh, maybe someone that you need to forgive, or someone that needs mercy, uh, whether or not they deserve it. Be merciful, as he is merciful. I pray that God presses someone on your heart to visit, maybe someone who's sick or who's incarcerated, uh, who just needs a, a shred of light in their lives. And you can be that light. You can be that salt. Amen. So thank you so much for spending this time with us. Remember you're loved. And covered in prayer. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at courtchurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.